0: What's up, players? Welcome to episode number 24 of Ready Press Play, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Every Friday on your favorite podcast service, we'll be discussing the top news of the week, notable releases on all platforms, what we're playing, big topics of the industry, and the games we love. If you want to write anything to be read on the show, send us an email to readypressplay at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter at readypressplay. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every show uh, directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it, please leave us a nice review. I'm your host, Luis Menchaca, and I'm joined today, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Mr. Daniel Lima.
1: You know, Luis, have you ever realized how you start every episode by saying, "You know, Dan"? <laughs> I have I pass-
0: a, a lot of verbal tics, you know. So it <laughs> I've noticed. I say, I say that a lot.
1: I've noticed this when I was listening recently to, to some of our episodes that almost every time that I host and I pass it off to you, you say, you know, Dan, and then fill in the gap with whatever is in your mind at the time.
0: Yeah, actually, I, I think I did that on purpose. Uh, I think that was one of the one thing that I was like, I should, I should have like a thing um, mm. that was to start it off. I see. And I uh, see. it's, I want it to be consistent. So it's like, when you throw to it me, it's like, you know, Dan, and then boom, we just go into something. And you know? I, I think yeah. it's, it's really fun.
1: Yeah, usually usually people in podcasts they have their like entry kinda um initial what would you call that? I don't even know what you would call that. Like your words of uh or your, your group. Right. You cra you catchphrase when you come in, right? Yeah. And uh I, I don't have one yet. I gotta I gotta think of one. I'm gonna start thinking. Go every right.
0: single time every single time I throw to you, you're going to do something different. Every time you throw to me, I do, just do the same thing. Yeah. All right. So let's just go ahead and get into some housekeeping real quick. So after being called out last week, I decided to step up my game, and I wrote five <laughs> articles uh, this week awesome. uh, for level one gaming. Compensated so I really... <laughs> for the
1: five weeks where you didn't write anything.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I'm, I think I'm averaging like 1.5 articles per week now. Um, That's not bad. Because I did three articles on week one, so... Um but yeah the the articles were pretty dope. I actually wasn't planning on writing that many articles. I was going to write like two. Uh but then like there was just a situation where like I'm on the Discord and David was like calling for help. It's like, "Hey, can anybody take it?" and no one's raising their hands and I'm like, "Okay, I guess I'll take it." And then boom, uh, there it goes. The two articles that I was really happy and most proud of was like this was the uh the SmashCon article because I'm like obviously I love like my Smash news and stuff and then also the Melee uh, article that's really really good and we'll talk about it i i got all five articles uh, here on the, the show <laughs> here. So we're going to be plugging level1gaming.com for a lot. So uh, next thing, Autumn, uh, on, on the news or on the quick housekeeping is I'm going to be taking a break from streaming. I've uh, been streaming every Monday consistently and even through other days, but mostly I stuck with my promises like it's every Monday, but I didn't stream this past Monday and I don't think I'm going to be streaming for a while simply because I want to uh, play The Last of Us and I think that um, we're going to be getting into that here later, but I just want to play that game and like have it be my own intimate experience and i don't want to i don't want to set up a stream i don't want to set up a green screen i just want to play that game in like in just darkness and just yeah you know, absorb it so i totally
1: get that and, and it's funny you say that because i actually I, I i had a consistent streaming schedule which i hit for like a total of maybe at most like four or five weeks in a row and then i also stopped streaming during the you know when the all the black lives matter movement situation was going on and um like we decided not to stream for like I think a week and then I just never went back to it after that. Um, And uh, so I also haven't been streaming in a while. I don't think I will um, until I'm done with the last of us Part two either. Same. And we'll be talking a lot about that game later on.
0: Yeah. So I, I do promise I will be back on stream as soon as I'm done with the last of us. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I'll definitely, you guys can follow me on Twitter and I'll get into that there. Uh, so the last thing here on the housekeeping is I just want to bring, uh, do a throwback to coronavirus watch. Uh, this is going to be a quick mini coronavirus watch segment where I talk about some cancellations that happened. Uh, uh, low tier city is, uh, the Texas is only major. And it was one of the majors that I was planning on attending and it was canceled. It was supposed to happen next month in about three weeks. And, um, I, I don't, I, I could have talked about it on last week's show had I known about it, but they just kind of like announced it on Twitter. There wasn't any exactly, it's not that big a major, so there's not any major sites that are reporting on it. So I had to actually find them on Twitter and find the announcement. And so Low Tier City is canceling it, and they're saying that anyone who already bought tickets for it and registered can can use their registration to the next Low Tier City event, which is going to be next summer. They got the the July dates announced, but then they're also going to do another Low Tier City uh, called Low Tier City Winter in January next year and you can also just register for that as well and the last thing here the next two things is actually smash con it's the uh i have an article level1gaming.com i wrote it up and it gives you gets into the nitty-gritty as to why it's important and how big smash con is for this uh, for the smash series and the scene and um yeah i just it just sucks that i won't be going to these tournaments uh, i know i debated if whether or not i'll go whether or not um you know, if They still continue the events, but it's kind of obvious that even at this juncture with cases going up that yep. it's not a, a good
1: idea to be running these events. I do want to take a quick minute here to talk about that. What's the state in uh, Texas right now, Lewis? Because uh, California just started opening up a few things. I think gyms can open now, and I know a few very rare restaurants uh, have opened up as well, but it, it's not... That common, it's not across the board, and I have family and and friends in Florida, and Florida has opened up everything a while ago, and now they had like a huge surge in cases. We're also seeing a surge in California, I believe. What's well, how are things like in Texas?
0: Okay, so yesterday Texas just hit their hit their record for the most number of cases in a single day, mm. and uh, things are pretty bad. And also the city has put out an ordinance ordinance where. Uh, if you are gonna go out in public, like a grocery store, a restaurant, or whatever, you have to wear a mask. Now it's mandatory. At the time, it wasn't for most of it. Uh, Texas was one of the early states to open up, so uh, these, the fact that everything was opening up too soon caused these cases and uh, to basically go back up. Some people saying that we never even left the first wave; we're still part of wave one. There wasn't. This isn't a second wave. So, um, it's um, it's a situation where. As far as here it is, here um, how it is in Texas, um, the governor has made it very clear that he put out a statement, uh, I believe yesterday or the day before, where he said uh, the number of cases uh, that have gone up is is uh, is bad, but I'm not going to do anything about it. Basically, <laughs> it's like the TLDR version is like, hey, I acknowledge that it's bad, but I'm not going to close, I'm not going to close this this the state down again. So if you've well, uh, if great. you already if you've already reopened, you can stay open. If you haven't uh, reopened, just stay closed, basically. And then okay. also, uh, I'm gonna leave it to the individuals to decide for themselves what they're gonna do. So All that's right. that's not very reassuring because uh, yeah. my faith in humanity is very much questioned at this point. And people are saying like, just people in general are stupid. And I'm like, I can't. Well, and I just saw this uh, <laughs> this. I know we're getting off topic, but I just saw this crazy, crazy story about somebody. Uh, you know, debating as to why masks are bad and stuff, and it's just really bad. Like whatever. Wear um, a mask. <laughs> wear a mask. Yeah. So on the last cancellation, uh, PAX West, aka PAX Prime, which is no longer go by, goes by that, uh, PAX West is canceled alongside PAX Australia. It was supposed to happen on the Labor Day weekend in September, but now it's going to be PAX Online. I believe it's a ten day event and. Uh, you can basically download demos and uh, buy merch online and all this do all these live streams where they announce their, these game announcements. All of that's going to be done uh, through the PAX um, digital event. So basically just trying to replicate a convention experience online. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's it for the housekeeping. You have anything to add? No, that's good. Okay. All right. So let's get into what we're playing. forgot about the new uh, the new sound effects <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's all good it's all, good. all
0: right all right so the uh, the games we're playing so dan i know you've uh, hit a a major milestone so go ahead and go ahead and hit yes. us up with what you got
1: so uh i finally finished uh, shadow of the colossus which i've been kind of talking about here and there over the last few weeks um i started i, I grabbed the last of us part two last friday which we'll be talking about later and and by the time i got it I had not beat uh, Shadow of the Colossus yet. I, I felt like I was pretty close. I think it was only like three Colossae away. Um, so I didn't beat it then. I actually started The Last of Us. But after I hit a little bit of a low point on The Last of Us, which we'll get to later, not low in quality, by the way, um, but just like, OK, things have calmed down a little bit. I've gone through like the like a major story beat. And now uh, I'm going to take a break, especially because it's a game that, you know, <laughs> it's good taking breaks from from time to time. Uh, and then I went back to Shadow of the Colossus, went through it, beat it. And my final impressions of the game is that I think the game is excellent. I think the game still holds up. Obviously, I'm talking about a remake of the game that was made just two years ago. I think uh, Blue Point Games... Um is showing proving themselves to be a really talented studio and the work that they did with this game. Um updating like I've I've, I've seen that they like updated the controls and, and just the overall visuals of the game, visuals of the game are very impressive. Um so I, I thought it was like a really cool experience. I think the game is very unique. I think it's one of those games that probably everybody should play and I, I should have played a long time ago. And I'm glad that I finally did it and got through it. It's just such a unique experience in the way that it's It's just a collection of boss fights. Like, which other game is like that? I had never played any game that was like that. Um, Like, you beat a boss, and then you just go to the next boss. And it's so to the point. There's no, like, beating around the bush. There's no, like, you know, oh, you got to go and, like, kill all these, like, base enemies for a little bit uh, before you get to the next big thing. It's, like, it's just big thing after big thing. And each Colossus is very, fairly unique and has their own, you know, like, there's a method to approaching every Colossus, um, which I found interesting. They're all kind of like different and there's things that tie them all together. There is the mechanic, they're all, um, you beat all the Colossus in more or less the same way with some exceptions, which is that you got to climb them and then you got to hit them in their weak spots. So that is consistent across all of them. But each one has like, different behaviors and different ways that uh different things that you need to do to actually be able to put them in that vulnerable position where you can climb and climb them and then get to the top and etc and overall it almost feels like it's like it's part like action game but then also part like puzzle game because each colossus kind of feels like a puzzle on itself and if anything my only criticism about the game is that i did find some of them to be a little hard um in the sense of like not not hard as in like hard to execute but hard to figure out like exactly what to do um there were a few times where i had to use a guide and perhaps if i was more patient and i just kind of like gave myself the time to explore all the possibilities that wouldn't have happened um but basically if it took me because some of them were so clear and intuitive if i got to a colossus where it took me more than like a few minutes to figure out what I had to do, I would just, I was just pulling up, you know, IGN walkthrough or whatever and uh, figuring out what I had to do. And it didn't, it didn't really diminish my experience. I, I, I'm happy that I did that as opposed to just like, you know, struggling for an hour trying to figure out how to beat this Colossus. And uh, last but not least, the final boss, the final Colossus, Um, I found really difficult and frustrating and that one took me a long, like, I spent, like, an hour, like, I beat the game in, like, seven hours, and I spent, like, an hour just on the final losses, um, I think, just because, I I kept messing up so bad and falling and doing it again. In fact, I, I made it seem like I beat it in one seating, like, recently when I went back to it, but, uh, I actually, like, I played that final boss for about 30 minutes, and then I had to stop, go do something else, and then come back to it later, and then actually, uh, finish it up, but I beat the game. Story is very interesting, too. There's, uh, all these things that happen at the end, which I don't want to spoil, but you know. Yeah, that's a... what I was
0: getting about. I know the I know the twist ending, and I was wondering yeah. if you knew. I'm glad you didn't know going into it, so mm-hmm. uh, I'm spoiled on it. I haven't played the game myself, like neither the PS2 nor the PS3 or the remake. So, uh, but I do know about the twist ending, and um, I know it's fucked up. And I wanted to see. Uh, I wanted to know what your what your impressions are on that.
1: It's one of those games that, like, when you finish it, you go like, "What?" And then you you search like like whatever ending explained on youtube which <laughs> I, I do a lot, lot. Yeah. yeah um and then i watched some videos of it and then so well first first impressions i was already expecting that there, there, there was going to be some kind of twist in the ending you did mention that last week but i i already knew just just based on how the game was going i felt like okay this is not going to be a it's not going to be as simple as you know i kill these colossi and then i get what i want the game ends right i, I didn't think that was going to be it especially because if that was the case, maybe the game would not have been as iconic and there wouldn't have been as much of a conversation around it. And the other games, Eco uh, and The Last Guardian are supposedly set in the same universe. I've, I figured there, there needs to be some more to this, some more meat there. Um, so when we got to the twist, I, I didn't expect that it would be the twist that it was. And that kind of caught me off guard. The whole ending sequence of the game I thought was really cool and fascinating. And um, I didn't exactly know what was going on but i also knew a little bit of what was going on and i I liked kind of the messages that they were playing with and what they were trying to make me think about and but ultimately i didn't fully understand it right i didn't understand all of it so i went and i watched some videos uh and then when i watched some videos i actually liked it even more because i felt like there's actually a lot of depth to the lore of this world and what everything means and it's one of those things where you know had i played eco before this which is actually set after Shadow of the Colossus, then that would have added some context to it as well. Like this is supposed to be the origin of the story um, of this world and then Eco further develops into it. And then The Last Guardian is supposed to um, like fit into it as well. So really? I'm kind of like tempted now to go and play the other games, yeah. Interesting, I've only played Eco.
0: Uh, that's the only mm-hmm. one out of the three that I played. And even though I own all three games, uh, which is like a problem that I have, <laughs> uh, it's well documented. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. I didn't, I honestly didn't know that they were all in the same universe. I thought they were all independent universe games
1: they by the are, same it, studio. It's, it's one of those situations where they're not direct sequels to each other. It's like they're not about the same characters, but they all have an interconnected universe. And it's like things that happen in Shadow of the Colossus are what um, like start a like a path that will lead to whatever the story is in Eco, which I've never played. So yeah, I, I want to go and play the other games now too, to to see, figure out how they all fit together. But that's okay. it. I, I loved uh, Shadow of the Colossus. I think everybody should play it. And I'm glad I finally did it.
0: Damn. All right. That's another on my backlog. Um. Okay. So what I played was, some, I put on the dock at GD, which we all know what that means, uh, more <laughs> MF Fortnite. So I was very upset. And I put it on all caps because... I wasn't very uh, happy that I played it. I told myself going into this week that I was not going to be playing any Fortnite at all whatsoever because I was gonna any gaming time I had I was gonna dedicate to The Last of Us. And so my nephew was like, "No, come on, let's play." And he's like, "Come on," he's calling me. He's like, "Please." I'm like, oh, <laughs> I guess fine. So I can at least give you some of my my thoughts on the uh, the new stuff that they brought. Like, so they took away the pump shotgun. I was like, "Okay." Um, and then instead they added a charge shotgun where if you hold the trigger it charges the. The power and so like if you charge it up to full power and then you let go of the trigger and then it just shoots a very very strong round and i think that's pretty interesting it's an interesting mechanic um so there's that and then they have all these they changed out the the legendary weapons and then they brought back the chug jug is one of the legendary weapons and i thought that was pretty cool um they buffed some some things nerfed some things like the this. The, uh, I would I didn't really appreciate that one of the guns was like a, a burst shot and it would fire three rounds at a time and now they just they nerfed it to two rounds at a time and then they buffed the uh, the grapple gun which now uh, when you grapple it you like it lets you deploy your um, your glider. and so now it's even more op uh, than it was before. Um, there's a lot of crazy-ass changes to the maps. Now they, the whole map was flooded, and some of the cities are now underwater. Um, there's a There's a cool little mechanic where you can use the fishing rod to, like, to lure in a shark and you can ride the shark uh, like on jet skis kind of thing. <laughs> um, there's a lot, a lot of cool, interesting things going on. I don't think I really hit on everything, but those are just my general impressions on, you know, how much they've uh, overhauled, not, I don't know if I have to say overhaul, but they've like, they like kind of like revamped the game kind of, mm-hmm. sort of speaking. And I think it's very, it's very good that uh, these seasons come and go because nothing, uh, nothing sta- gets stale and you know, the meta kind of shifts and stuff like that. So, uh, better balancing or what have you so um it's really cool i bought the season pass again so i'm going to be getting an aquaman skin pretty soon uh they haven't you have to do challenges one week at a time to unlock him so uh, i think that's pretty much all i got to say about fortnite as of right now uh, the other thing i was playing was uh some smash bros i actually went back to playing oh really <laughs> <laughs> very funny i was not planning on playing smash brothers but uh, i actually did an article lv one uh, LV1gaming.com, uh you can check out the show notes. I'm pretty sure you're gonna put the show notes and have our my article there. Uh, it's like Smash Melee gets matchmaking and rollback netcode, so Melee has already been uh, been you know all put online uh, so to speak. Uh, you can go and use a PC, use an emulator. There's like fan made. Um, dolphin emulator called faster melee and you can just play uh, online with somebody because you have to use a third party website to find somebody in your region and you know and then match make, and then chat through the website and then it's a it's a very like complicated process and they made it much more simpler because somebody just created a new uh, custom dolphin emulator and basically gave modern online to smash melee. You can just queue up in the game and just press the start button. And then it finds you a game, it uh, finds you uh, someone to fight against like right there in real time without a third party website. It's crazy. And on huh. top of that, it's got rollback net code. Whereas before um, it was using delay based net code, which would delay your inputs by a couple of seconds, or a couple of frames. And now it's this rollback and it's much more faster much more smoother and can allow for a better geographic, uh, uh a wider net so uh, my, my current player pool in the old way i would have been like like limited to like regions of texas and louisiana and oklahoma kind of like geographically locked to only players in this my certain region now i can play with everyone in the united states with like a very mm. good connection solid connection and it's it's crazy and i'm looking forward to the updates that they promise, like matchmaking and i'm not sorry matchmaking um what do you call it ranked ranked match matchmaking because every time i play melee online i'm getting like just getting worked and I want to play against people on my skill level, and it'd be nice to have like a tiered system where it's like, okay, I'm not a top tier player, so give me somebody in the more beginner level and stuff. Because I struggle with movement in the game, and um, I actually was very happy with myself because when I did play a game, I did take, I did get some wins, and when my last win that I played, uh, or my last win that I did on the on, on the online, I stunted on them and got a cool ass victory win, and that was like one of my happiest moments. Is when I pulled off some some swag shit.
1: Uh, what are the what are the odds that Nintendo hire some of these people that put this together to actually make official online for Smash Brothers?
0: I doubt it. they would they would Nintendo <laughs> is not that not the company. Sega is more likely to do that. Nintendo would just sue you or just you know shut you down or embargo you whatever, which is actually kind of funny is that this is actually all done by one person oh wow it's one person who like programmed and coded this uh he quit his day job he, he opened a patreon and had patreon supporters support him and on top of that he put out this uh this product for free and he, he put a pay what you want model so you can just download and then donate what you want um, you don't you don't even have to donate. Um, you know i I would encourage you to donate because it's like he put so much hard work. he did it over six months and I even put it on my article. Uh, please read the article because it's like everyone anyone listening. Um, I go into very very much more detail, much more minutia than we have time for here but uh, basically he um, one person in the, over the course of six months made better online than Nint- than Nintendo, a billion dollar company and a big ass team of hundreds of people could pull mm. off so yeah i'm very happy with it
1: i mean to be fair the the pool of uh players that are playing um smash melee on this emulator and trying to use this particular you know mod for it it's probably not nearly as big a pool as the people that are playing actual smash ultimate on the switch so that changes a few things but but i totally get your point though i mean it, there's no excuses for uh kind of nintendo's like outdated online stuff at this point
0: yeah plus uh smash ultimate uses delay based netcode and it's like the worst um (laughs) but yeah so anyways uh there's all that good stuff and um i guess it's it's on to the next one it's time for topic of the show yeah all right, so we've been get we've been like beating around the bush. We've been alluding to it, you know. We've been wanting to we've been wanting to just go and just gush and stuff and like get into it. So, um, the topic of the show is The Last of Us Part Two. We've both played the game. It's been out for a week. We've both mm. been playing the game, and we're at very different parts. I've I've been very busy. Uh, mm. We're writing all these articles and playing Fortnite, unfortunately. But um, I've been very How busy. How far are you? I'm only as far like, as like hours? Uh, hours three. Three hours. I only played three hours of it, and I don't. I think I could have progressed further in those three hours than most people. But I was taking my sweet ass time, looking for collectibles and scrounging around, and I don't think I moved that very fast. I want to. I want to enjoy the experience. So, yeah.
1: I think something that's interesting. I think IGN included this in. Either their review or one of their articles about the game that the slowest player in their office beat it in like 40 hours and the fastest player beat it in 20 hours, I think. Hmm. So there is a big range. This is not your typical open world game with a million side quests, but there is a big range of how long it seems to take to finish the game, depending on how thoroughly you are with it. And I'm taking my sweet S time too. I'm much further than you as far as hours go. I just hit I was playing it last night I just hit I think 12 hours in the game. Jeez. Okay. And uh so first it, this this already kind of gives the audience so- something about my perspective on this game and how I feel about it. I put considering I've I played it for 6 days, I put more hours per day into this game than any other game I played this year. Um I mean, you know, Shadow of the Colossus I took fucking a month to beat and I <laughs> beat it in 7 hours. So I was just playing that very slowly, but with this game pretty much Anytime that I'm not, you know, working or um, eating, spending family time, that stuff, any kind of free time that I have that I that I can use for this, I, I'm trying to put uh, on playing The Last of Us. And I I just love it so far. And we should we should kind of tell people as well, these will be or spoiler free kind of first impressions, early thoughts in the game. And if for whatever reason you want to go blind, you don't want to hear anything about it then you can go and look at the show notes skip to the next segment but also feel safe we're not going to be bringing in any of the spoilers that you know have or have not been leaked we're not going to be talking about very specific plot details or anything along those lines we're more just going to share our thoughts about the game overall so lewis i'm i'm like really happy with this game i think this is exactly what i wanted it's more the last of us it's everything that made the first one great but better and more it's the first game was intense. This game is more intense. The, the the first game was, like, gut-wrenching. I feel like this one is even more. The first game had, you know, lovable characters and, and, you know, interesting interactions and dialogue, and I think this one continues to push for that. The environments are beautiful. Everything happening in the game is fascinating to me, and that's why... You know, even though I said I, I've played it for 12 hours, I bet that I got as far as the majority of people got in like six or seven because I keep get going into like every time I go into a new environment, I spend some time just like looking around everything and observing everything. I'm obviously looking for collectibles and resources and et etc, which is part of the gameplay of The Last of Us, but I'm also just observing animations in the background and, you know, environment art and all the little details that they're including in everything in this game. Yeah, and I took um, a lot of
0: screenshots as well on my PlayStation mm-hmm. 4. I uh, had to like just pause for a moment and just kind of like, I need a screenshot that. That's so beautiful. It looks very picturesque.
1: Mm-hmm, for sure. And there's so many, there's so much going around the environment if you pay attention to it. There's like little critters running around. Like, like you get to an area, like it, the world feels alive. Like, it's not just, there's not just grass anywhere. It's grass, but if you pay attention, you can see a rat running through it or something. And there is, you go in the beginning of the game, you are in this. kind of highly populated town and as you're going around the town you can see all these different um people that inhabit it and they're each on their own sort of animation loops and doing their you know doing whatever they're doing in the town and it's very well made and it doesn't feel you know games even games uh up to this point a lot of times you go and you look at an area you look inside a house And in a game and and either you see nothing or you see like some props or you see like, you know, some like a soldier going around in the same um, kind of predetermined path. And with this game, I don't know. Obviously, at the end of the day, everything is still scripted in some way, but it just feels alive. They put so much work in everything. There's like kids playing in the background and um, people drinking at the bar and everything feels like it's real, you know?
0: Yes, I do agree. I do like the little beginning. Um, I don't think this is a spoiler, but we get to play like a little snowball fight with the kids and stuff. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's, it's a situation where like they put a lot of, of tender love and care to this game. And it kind of, it almost kind of feels like this, this game definitely kind of feels next gen, but it's being, it's playable on current gen. Mm
1: -hmm, And I
0: I'm very. It's. I guess this. uh, This is the same thing. The same could probably be said for like Final Fantasy VII. But damn, this. This really does push the limits of my PlayStation Four to the max. And I am. uh, I. I'm very good at like. At like optimizing my setup and stuff. So I have it set up to my monitor, and it's like I can have a good field of vision. And I also uh, had my settings uh, set to like my. uh, my headphones because you can like have it go when you start the game you have like your accessibility settings and they like prompt you like hey what, Which are, you are, great. Yeah, what are, are you using yeah uh, what are you using your tv speakers do you have a sound bar and all that kind of stuff and i'm like i have i have one of those 3d headphones and i say oh and it gives me a selection for it so it really gives like a good ambience kind of like um you know directional hearing i think it's really good i think that's like the very optimal way of playing the game and just really just being like like uh, absorbed uh into yeah. the world
1: And I'm glad you mentioned the accessibility settings because that's another one of those things that this game is deservedly getting a lot of praise for as well, which is they they have settings for almost everything. They really went into the needy and greedy to make sure that everybody can play this game in the way that's best suited for them. Uh, And I know there are some folks out there that have been making um, videos about it and going into the details about everything that was done into this game, all the effort that was put into this game to make it almost like the most accessible, probably AAA game to ever have been released. That on top of what is probably the one of the best written and most uh you know visually impressive AAA game uh, ever made as well. Um, there there's so much about this game to love. So far, it has lived up to my expectations. Obviously, I want to control how uh hyperbolic i get with it because at the end of the day i am still probably in the beginning or i shouldn't say you were you are in the beginning you just went through kind of the prologue of the game yes um i am still within like i think maybe i'm approaching the end of what would be the first act of the story or something along those lines uh, if, if it has like a three act structure i feel like there's still a lot to come but there's a lot of uh there's a lot of interesting things that they did with this game and i also another thing i will say is that i don't think this game plays it safe and obviously, The Last of Us Part 1 didn't either. That game very much liked to push the boundaries of what we, what games could be and what, you know, we could do with storytelling in games. I feel like this game is pushing the boundaries even further. And I think that um, it's pushing the boundaries off in a, in a dark sense of, like, the level of darkness and violence that you can see in a game. Um, but also, there is a difference between gratuitous, like, fun violence, like what you see in Mortal Kombat, where I feel like it almost falls more into, like, It's kind of like cartoony violence porn or something as opposed to this, which is like very realistic, gritty, dark stuff that really, you know, messes with your stomach a little bit. And it it is artistic. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, And and this game is just pushing on so many things that I didn't expect. And it's not playing it safe. Uh, It's not what you'd expect. I think even if you've seen the spoilers... At least the spoilers that I know, are, some of the spoilers that I know are going around. I think the game will still surprise you in many ways. So I will say, don't let that keep you from playing the game. Wouldn't you agree with that, Lewis? So okay,
0: I'm I'm gonna disagree with you, but I again, my 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 experience with the okay. story is very limited. Like you said, mm-hmm. it was one of the best written things. I don't know anything about the writing because I only got to the prologue. But mm-hmm. uh, the the what, I, what uh, in story structure, uh, it's called the inciting incident. Um, Mm -hmm. it's whenever the thing that's, that's, it's the thing that sets the story in motion.
1: Right. The hero's journey. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: So I got just past the inciting incident and, you know, I was, after that, I was ready to wreck shop and I don't know, like I had so many feelings like that at the same, that happened at the same time. It made me, it made me feel, I'll give it, Mm -hmm. I'll give it that credit. Um, you know, and I, I still kind of, sort of question my humanity, kind of thing. Is like, damn, I'm, I am a monster if I'm ready to, if I'm ready to <laughs> just murder so many people. Um, so like, it's got, you know, it's got me in, in the shoes of Ellie, you know, and where she's at mentally. And I think they did a good job of that. I'm not gonna like, you know, poo-poo that. Mm-hmm. My whole thing is like, I 100% wholeheartedly disagree with the direction that they decided to go in for certain characters. And I okay. think that they could have probably accomplish the same thing without having to do what they did um okay. i think there are just certain things that are just too precious for me and hmm. i'm gonna be one of those guys that just like doesn't like if things don't go well for me i may not even acknowledge the canon of this game like oh, wow. i've uh, i've uh, met somebody who says that there's only two terminator games that exist Mm -hmm. You know, like, that's it. There's Terminator 1 and 2, and that's it. There has never been any movie or or TV shows ever since. You know, know, the thing
1: that's very interesting about you saying this is because there is a clear divide in the community and the fan base surrounding this game where I do see, I, I have seemed to see that a certain amount of people are upset about where the story went and what they decided to do with the game and and while other people are pleased with it i am pleased so far i don't know how i'm going to be feeling by the time i finish it however i will say that even the fact that there are people that are not pleased with it and the fact that you're upset about it i think it's kind of a pro because i think that is what i was trying to say when i said they they didn't they didn't um play it safe yeah, they didn't play it safe, exactly. They they could have there is a way that this game could have gone where it's very much a safe continuation of the original story and pleasing where, fans. Where yes. it would please it would be like fan service, it pleases all the fans and that's it. This is not what this game is. I don't think this game is fan service. I think this game is subverting the, the idea is to subvert your expectations and show those don't say those words not,
0: those are ever since the last jedi those words don't they're not true good anymore true, that's true that's true
1: <laughs> those are so, those are those are taboo words now these days l- let me put it this way there is and i like when things subvert my expectations i don't like it when things subvert my expectations in a way that i find is bad <laughs> for the sake and of I doing d- it basically is what you're yeah, saying yeah and 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 obviously at the end of the day that all of that is subjective right when I don't want to get into a discussion about the last Jedi because I don't think it's that relevant. Um, <laughs> right. that that was a, that was a case where like my expectations were subverted in a way that I didn't like it. Um and I didn't think the overall product was a good quality product at the end. For this so far, I think they're they're killing it on the quality and I think they're killing it on giving me what I think The Last of Us is about um and 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 that's that's an interesting thing too is that i think there's people that have would have different arguments about what the game is about right and i think the last of us my interpretation of it is that the game is about the fall and decay of humanity and kind of complicated gray moral questions and i think that they're continuing to develop that in this game and push it even further and dude you talk about how you're a bitch with uh, horror games and you can't play them this game like, I feel like the first, the first Last of Us game had a few scary moments, uh, but overall it was more of a, you know, it, it, it was more action-y uh, than it was, uh, yeah. like, scary, scary. Mm -hmm. this game gets really scary at some points i'm not gonna lie i already
0: did have a jump scare happen to me where i got (laughs) surprised and this is during the prologue stuff so uh Mm -hmm. i'm it's one of those things where i think i can stomach it it's not like that bad for me so i'm not Mm -hmm. like gonna be that much of a bitch but if it gets if it gets more like uh what's the word from looking for like very george romero kind of stuff like like like, uh, was it, is it day of the dead or something like that? I don't know. I can't remember the, the name of that zombie stuff, but if it gets into that, like kind of classic horror stuff and it's like, you know, then I, of course I may, I may like kind of like have my stomach churn kind of a little bit, but mm. beyond that, I think I can handle it. Um, uh, but okay. yes, you're right. I do. I do agree with you on that. Um, it's, I, it's going to be a situation where I can see us kind of like litigating this game for a while. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'll, uh, I'll, I don't know. I guess, I don't know what else to say other than, um. From on a, okay, I'll 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 leave it on a positive note. On a technical level, I am very happy with this game. Uh, there's this game has is definitely the product of so many different systems going right uh, at the same time. Mm-hmm. So both like mechanically and just performance wise and just art style and just everything. Everything's firing on all cylinders. Uh, but the thing that I think the biggest selling point is the writing. I think people buy this game for the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like like buying a good book kind of thing. And if if it's a situation where like, if it doesn't like gel with me, like, cause I have certain expectations, then uh, I don't know. I think it just kind of like diminishes everything else. You know, for me, I don't know if, if everything else being so great is gonna make me say, oh yeah, this game's a 10, you know?
1: Dude, I, I totally get that. And you know, I'm excited for us to, talk about this game when we finished it uh either in podcast format or not i don't want to i don't want to promise another spoiler cast when we (laughs) owe one from six months ago yeah um but but i'm excited to see because i could see a scenario where we have you know somebody that loved the the game and somebody that hated it and and how we're gonna we're gonna approach that discussion I think that would be interesting to talk about you there know like a, have that discussion
0: there was a tweet that I saw uh, that said that the Last of Us doesn't have any protagonists or antagonists there's no heroes no villains so I yeah. think that's really interesting it's an interesting thought I think mm-hmm. that the game it can be approached on in in multiple different ways. So if you're, if you're coming for like the fan service, pleasing moments, this game isn't the game for you. Um, I think I had those expectations set incorrectly in my, in my head, especially because this game has been hyped for like seven years for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that, but also if there's a game that if you want to, you know, play a game that just challenges you like on a moral level or what have you, or just enjoy a cool, like intriguing story, then maybe this is the game for you.
1: Yeah, which to be fair, I I do want to talk a few more things about it before we move on. Um, the it is a bleak and dark game for most of it, but it still has its lighter um kind of heartwarming Touching moments. Moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there were some in the beginning that you've uh, that you've gone through already there, the there les- are some more later <laughs> on <laughs> no
0: i'm not going to finish that i'm not going to finish that that word that sentence no
1: there is no you know what let's let's bring it up cuz i i was i was about to be like it's a spoiler but you, so you can skip this if you don't want to risk it but this was shown in the trailers and everything we've known yeah, about this for years true. but the game does center around a lesbian romance it is a there is a homosexual relationship at the core of this game and Hot. I, I think it's very well
0: <laughs> with a with a wt (laughs)
1: what i was gonna say is that i do think that's one of the cool things about the game too because one they do it i I think they do it well i think i think it's very um kind of relatable and, and touching and it's not just you know for the sake of the male gaze or whatever you want to call it um clearly and i also think it's cool to have a game that centers around that like how often do we get a game where where the protagonist of the game um is you know a LGBT person in an LGBT relationship, and how where that is, it's not like it's not like the game is about being LGBT, not at all. It just happens to be that Ellie is gay and that she's dating a woman, and that that's part of the plotline of the game. And they already showed that before with Left Behind, and they already showed that with, with a the character like Bill in the yeah. first game and in the trailer of course and um obviously naughty dog is clearly a very progressive studio but i think they do it very i think i think they do it very well and yes Agreed. um and and i i just think i'm I'm kind of proud of uh how they're handling all of that so far right so so we'll see how how i feel about that too at the end and i do think it's an important point actually it's like it's it's cool to see a game do that i've seen um, the criticism
0: about it though like that ellie is very um I don't, have you seen the fifth element with bruce willis
1: I, I don't, rem- oh. I don't have any memory of that. Movie <laughs> okay. Anymore. Well,
0: like in like, in like Bruce Willis kind of didn't have much of a personality and he, there was a part of a scene where he, he was on a radio show and like they passed the mic over to him to answer something and he would just give one, one word responses, very monotone, very like, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck right now kind of thing. So he was, uh, there was a comparison that I saw where somebody compared Ellie to, to that, like, she's just not like that engaging with her, um, in her scenes. Uh, do you, mm-hmm. what do you think about that?
1: I will say, I will say this, that Ellie in this game has an interesting character and it's, it's, it's slightly different than her character in the first game, but I think that's intentional and I don't see it as like, I don't see it as a mistake or, oh, they ruined her character or something. I see it as an interesting evolution of it, which is like, I feel like Ellie in the first game. She had, you know, she had been born in this world. She had not really been outside of her quarantine zone much. And uh when you start exploring the world with Joel, everything's new, everything is exciting. There's kind of like there's this warm, kind of happy, um, out like tone to it right like to her character Um, yeah she would make you laugh
0: kind of thing yeah yeah
1: exactly which i think in the second game you can tell that she's like she's older and she's more mature and she's not you know like she's not as happy about everything anymore because life hit her you know and life life had already hit her at the point that we meet her but it keeps on hitting and she keeps going through these things all the crazy things that we go through in the first game and then, you know, multiple years after that of likely more stuff happening too. So you can tell that she, she's a little bit more of a more, a slightly more muted Ellie in a sense. Um, Like a slightly more subdued Ellie is what I mean. Mm-hmm. And, but I think that makes sense. I think that actually happens with a lot of people as they get older. I mean, she was a, she was a teenager in the first game and I guess she's still supposed to be a teenager. I think she's supposed to be 18, 18. Or 19, yeah. 18. Um, but she's a little bit older. She's a little bit more mature, so I think that makes sense. Uh, and I, I, I think you still see glimpses of her more kind of sarcastic and jokey personality. Is just not there as much as it was in the first game, right? Mm, yeah, and, and we also have to take into account with that the whole plot of this game revolves around um kind of sad and tragic events that happen, right? So, yes. so that also will play a fact on it. True. Um.
0: Okay, well, before, yeah. before we, uh, we move on here, I just wanted to go ahead and just drop the story here. Uh, the Last of Us 2 is Sony's biggest PlayStation 4 launch ever. And uh, this comes from Eurogamer, and this was written by Tom Phillips. And so The Last of Us 2 is Sony's biggest launch in this generation. Purely on boxed copies, uh, it piped previous record holder and fellow Naughty Dog game Uncharted 4, which sold fractionally less during its own launch weekend. It's likely many more people downloaded the game, although UK digital sales are not counted. The Last of Us 2 has dethroned Animal Crossing New Horizons as this year's biggest release so far, with launch weekend sales around 40% higher than Nintendo's Switch exclusive. uh, Games for Nintendo's consoles continue to dominate the top 10, however. Ring Fit Fit Adventure once again spends the week in second place as Nintendo works to provide provide more stock uh, of an in-demand workout game. Yes, uh, they, they did get cool. restocked.
1: Yeah, so I just wanted to give the context that this is based on the UK charts. Um, and it was the one article that I saw about, you know, sales of this game shortly after it came out. Um, so that's why it may not necessarily match NPD results when we eventually get them a few weeks from now. It may not necessarily match other numbers that we get for the US, uh, but it's specifically talking about the kind of a launch week and the uk market but i think it's an interesting look for overall to, to think that this was the biggest launch of a playstation game there a playstation exclusive game there um and it shows how much people were excited about this game and how little it seems that the uh, the leaks, the boycotts. And the, yeah, the boycotts actually affected its sales. I think the game is will be very successful.
0: Yeah, I mean, UK sales charts are basically the only way of gauging everything because we just have to sort of extrapolate from there. Um, mm-hmm. I just kind of wish that we can just. I uh, part of me kind of wishes that the industry, the games industry, would just report hard numbers and say, "Hey, everywhere, like, you know, uh, here's the opening, like, kind of like the box office for movies. That's like, hey, we, yeah. the opening weekend is 150 million dollars this weekend, kind of thing. You know, I feel like they yeah. should just you know, just give us the numbers like as a um, as a default, like every company just say, all right we uh, we grossed um, five point six million units and stuff on, and uh, in physical and and four point eight in digital or something like that. I don't know just I kind of wish that they would just do that mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think that's pretty much it for the, for the topic of the show. I think it's going to be an ongoing thing. We're going to be, uh, discussing this here in the weeks to come. I I, yeah. I imagine I, I, again, we haven't talked about it, but I imagine we're going to do a spoiler cast. It's got to happen. I think this is too big a game to not do it. So okay. we'll go from there. This will be,
1: this will be an easier one for us to do it because we've actually, we're both playing the game together and. um. The, the way things are going, I'm guessing I might finish it before you, but it's not a race. I'm not even trying to finish it uh, early. Uh, I, I wanted to bring this up too, which is like, I like this game so much that I don't want to blow through it if that makes any sense true like, i want to take my time with it and process it and digest it and also it's kind of a hard game to play too after you play it for a certain amount of hours in a row you you need to take that break because like it i said it does you. get dark it wears on you it gets tense i've gone through some fights recently louis where i was like damn like the, they were they were hard and and, and your they, heart's still they beating they... and you can feel it' might... pumping in your exactly, chest <laughs> exactly exactly So, so I think it will take some time. I think, you know, there's, there's already a bunch of spoiler casts coming out out there from other outlets that had the game early, but for us, I just want to be transparent with the audience. I, I don't see us really doing this until like, at least like maybe two weeks from now, maybe even more. Um, but, but we'll get to that when we get to that. And in the meantime, you're going to get updated thoughts every week.
0: Yeah, and uh, one last thing here and I, This is something I forgot to mention during our, our last of us talk. Uh, there was a specific scene in the game that reminded me of a scene in The Walking Dead, like the TV show. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. It just it made me equate hmm. the two exactly one to one. Not gonna say which one, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's just straight up. I was like, oh, they ripped off The Walking Dead or something like that. Or and 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 in some ways, I think they might have done it better than The Walking Dead. So there's
1: that. I've never I never watched The Walking Dead, so.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Cool. All right. Now it's on to the news. There we go. All right. So the first story up uh, here is huge deal. Very industry shaking thing. Microsoft is shutting down Mixer and is partnering with Facebook Gaming. This comes from The Verge and is written by uh, Tom Warren. It's It's a strategic move for the future of xCloud. So Microsoft is closing Mixer service on July 22nd and plans to move existing partners over to Facebook Gaming. The surprise announcement means Mixer partners and streamers will be transitioned to Facebook Gaming starting today and Microsoft will no longer operate Mixer as a service in a month's time. Microsoft has struggled to reach the scale needed for Mixer to compete with Twitch, YouTube, and even Facebook Gaming, which has led to today to today's decision. Uh, "Quote: we, parted, we started pretty uh, far behind in terms of where Mixer's monthly active view- viewers were compared to some of the big players out there," says Phil Spencer, Microsoft's head of gaming, in an interview with The Verge. "I th- uh, quote: I think that I think the Mixer community is really going to benefit from the broad audience that Facebook has." has through their properties and the abilities to reach gamers in a very seamless way through the social platform Facebook has. Uh, Microsoft is partnering with Facebook to transition existing Mixer viewers and streamers over to Facebook Gaming in the coming weeks. On July 22nd, all Mixer sites and apps will automatically redirect to Facebook Gaming. Existing Mixer partners will be granted partner status with Facebook uh, Gaming and any streamers using the Mixer monetization program will be granted eligibility for Facebook's level up program. Mixer viewers will, uh, with outstanding Ember balances, channel subscriptions, or Mixer Pro subscriptions, will receive Xbox gift card credits. Uh, Microsoft chose to partner with Facebook is a clearly strategic, strategic one that's also related to broadening the appeal of its upcoming xCloud gaming streaming service and its overall gaming efforts. Microsoft will cl- work closely with Facebook to bring xCloud to Facebook, uh, ga- uh, Facebook gaming, excuse me, allowing viewers to click and immediately play games that people are streaming. It's a vision that's very similar to Google's ambition with Stadia, but Mixer has lacked the scale and viewership to truly deliver the- this more broadly. Microsoft recruited exclusive streamers like Ninja and Shroud with big deals, but they haven't been uh, been enough to get more people using the service over rivals. Ninja, Shroud, and other top streamers are now free to jo- rejoin Twitch or stream on facebook gaming uh, basically another thing too Free
1: agents. I, yeah i think they uh they're also going to get their whole payout by the way yes they, there was a situation where they were going to get paid a certain amount of money millions of dollars over three years i think mm-hmm. and even though they were only there at least ninja was only there for a year less than uh, a year he's going to get less than a year he's going to get the full payout and be able to just go probably to twitch i i think this is so interesting because they're partnering with facebook gaming and I have a feeling the majority of the creators affected by this. Hate it. Um, I, yeah. And I don't think they're going to do it. I think they're just going to go and, you know, cr- just go to Twitch or maybe go to YouTube. But um, I, I don't know. It's, it's Facebook. I didn't even know. If I'll be, I'm going to be 100% honest right now. And in saying that, I didn't even know that Facebook gaming was a like a streaming service uh, in the <laughs> likes of Twitch and and YouTube streaming um before this i'm not on facebook i don't have a facebook anymore i very rarely use facebook messenger to talk to people you can still use that even if you don't have a facebook account but i haven't really been to facebook in any meaningful way in i think like two years now maybe more so i didn't even know this was a thing i think this is a weird choice i mean facebook has obviously many users probably billions of users like the majority of the world is on facebook in some way or another uh they're a huge platform but I don't know if Facebook is where people go if they want to watch gaming streams. That that seems weird to me. Like I, I I never really heard people say that. Like yeah, like watch my stream on Facebook Gaming. Um, so obviously,
0: <laughs> now, I only know about it because uh, one of uh, the pro players, uh, his name is Zero. He was mm-hmm. Smash 4's uh, number one ranked player he did sign a deal with facebook gaming and that's the only reason why i know about it is because he announced on his youtube channel is like hey i'm no longer stream- streaming on twitch effective today i'm partnering with facebook gaming and that's the only reason why i even know it's a thing
1: mm-hmm. um but yes they and, are and i know that it sucks for a lot of the small creators that were trying to you know do Mixer as well because this was relatively new i missed it i don't know if in the article they mentioned when uh this started um And, but, but I know that over the last few years, there's a lot of creators that were like, you know what, like Twitch is very crowded. There's a lot of people on Twitch. It's hard to stand now. Let me go and try to grow in this platform, which is a new platform. Microsoft is behind it. Like a lot of things seem like, you know, optimistic about Mixer in a way. Like you could see where it would at least last longer than it did. I feel like
0: Microsoft, a billion dollar company backing it. You would think that there's stability there.
1: Yeah, so um I, I feel bad for all the people that you know created an audience. Like, I mean, Ninja is going to be fine, shroud is going to be fine, but I, I feel bad about all the people that maybe created like a small audience there and and had a certain amount of people following their streams and that now have to figure out what to do and at the end of the day when you change platforms, people your audience you. never Yeah, yeah like some people will, but there's a lot of people that won't, uh, and it just happens because people are just accustomed to going and seeing you in that platform. That you know, they were already a mixer to see X and Y and Z, and that's how they found you, and you were just one of their follow channels. And when you were live, they they watched you, and then the moment you're somewhere else, they they don't even you know realize it. And I, that kind of stuff happens all the time. Um, so I don't know. It's I I feel bad for those people, and I feel bad for all the people that were working at Mixer that are probably losing their jobs as well, and. Um, I'm kind of surprised that it didn't take like that that they didn't give this a little bit more time. Um, I don't know. Maybe try to do something with the release of Series X, and you know, get- have Series X
0: built in with Mixer as like one of like the dashboards or something like that. Exactly, I f- which I they do with like the they Xbox One, by the way.
1: Yeah, they they could have um uh, they could have pursued ways to try to save it, but I also we don't know the inside business. Maybe they've been trying to do that for a while, and the numbers were just not adding up. So. Yeah.
0: Plus, I know about Mixer. The first time I ever heard about Mixer was because of Jeff Keighley and like the uh, the Game Awards. They're like, we're streaming mm-hmm. on Twitch and Mixer, and like, I'm, like you know, just dropping it in. Um, I have a lot of analysis here on this story, actually. Uh, so this is not part of the doc, not part of the article, but I have some charts here. So we're gonna All go right. over that here in a, here in a second. But I just want to give a um, one quick um, like opinion on this. The way Microsoft handled this, this is bullshit and it's fucked up. Um, I am not happy with the way they handled this. Um, this came as a surprise to even Mixer employees, uh, let alone like the streamers, the people that are affected by it, uh, their quote unquote partners. Yeah, they, didn't, they were just completely blindsided by it. And there's a lot of like, like I saw a lot of screenshots of just Mixer streamers crying on, on stream because they just found out that their livelihoods are like in jeopardy. Um, mm-hmm. so this is, I would, I would 100% poo poo this decision and how they handle it. I think they could have done it better and they could have even like sent out an email to all the mixer partners beforehand, like briefing them or something like, don't just make it so that the streamers find out with everyone else. Um, there's, there could have been a different, a more graceful way of handling this situation. Yeah, um, absolutely. So that's my opinion on that. But the thing I wanted to hit on is, uh, you know, how how we came to this because I have some charts here. Um, Surprised they didn't put this on the article, but there's some little infographics about the growth uh, of the platforms year over year. So we have total watch hours uh, from April 2019 and total watch hours from April 2020. So um, the watch hours for Twitch in April 2019 was $750 And then that was April of last year. April of this year was $1.49 Uh, so basically, the watch hours greatly increased about a hundred percent year of, year over year growth. YouTube gaming had a sixty five percent year over year growth from two hundred seventy nine million to four hundred sixty one million. Facebook mm-hmm. gaming had a two hundred thirty eight percent growth from eighty six million of watch watch hours to two hundred ninety one million watch hours. Uh, meanwhile, Mixer had a zero point two percent growth year over year. They had 30, mm. they clocked in thirty seven point zero four million. And then in uh, one year later, they clocked in 37.10 million. Um, yeah. So basically okay. the o- overall streaming industry growth uh, was a hundred percent growth year over year, but Mixer only captured 0.2% of it. Um, also the market share we have, a, I have a chart here for the market share. Um, as uh, you know, one star uh, fades, you know, another star rises kind of thing. So uh, Facebook gaming has literally been eating into the, uh, market share. And so like I'm looking at an older chart, this is from 2018 to 2019, but in 2018 Twitch had a 67% market share and uh, Facebook gaming had 3% and then um, Mixer had 2% and then 27% was to YouTube gaming. Uh, so from 2018 to 2019, YouTube gaming had the same, roughly the same percentage and uh, Mixer also had this, roughly the same percentage. But the, the difference is, is that Facebook gaming, it went from 3% to 8%. So the difference, was taken from Twitch. Twitch dropped in market share because uh, Facebook gaming was growing. So hmm. it's uh, interesting that there's gonna be like a competitive like edge to it. And I kinda I kinda would like to see a uh, an industry or a live streaming industry where it's a 40, 30, 30 split where things are now more competitive, you know. Um, yeah. So those are just little infographics and tidbits there. So uh, this helps put in perspective, you know, why um, Mixer was not growing and the uh, amount of millions of dollars that they threw ninjas and shroud, shrouds away uh, wasn't doing it for them, and I think they didn't have a good return on investment. So they had decided to pull the plug, which I don't blame them for making that decision, but I do, you know, sour the uh, way they handled it.
1: Yeah, they. It seems like they handled it really bad, and and I just want to add because I I was wondering earlier like how old were they when when the Mixer start. And Mixer originally launched in uh, January 2016 as Beam, um, yes. and it was acquired by Microsoft later in the year and renamed to Mixer in 2017. Um, so, yeah, so it's a relatively new platform. It, it had a four years uh, lifespan, basically.
0: Yeah. All right. So moving on to the next one. So Min Min is announced for, as a new fighter in smash ultimate this is my article yes. yeah Oh,
1: okay i was about to say don't read too much of this article because it kind of sucks so oh we just, uh, we damn can just, We can stick with the <laughs> we can stick with the title <laughs>
0: All right, dude. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. So level one, this comes via level one gaming, and I am the writer. So there we go. Uh, so earlier uh, earlier today at the time of writing, Nintendo announced the latest fighter to join the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate series. Min Min the, from the ARMS franchise is the 81st character to join the roster and will be available on June 29th. She is the first of six planned characters for Smash Ultimate's second wave of DLC fighter. And I wrote my little header, Min Min is in for the win-win oh uh, man <laughs> you like are you are
1: so talented lewis i'm right. so proud of you <laughs>
0: <laughs> whatever uh, yeah you're a little satiric whatever uh director masahiro sakurai made the announcements in a video filmed in his home and by the way side note um the i wanted to were, <laughs> talk about that too. <laughs> the people the, most of the fans were more excited to see sakurai's home than they were to see the announcement
1: also Dudes.
0: second side note Ma- Sak- sakurai flexed on us with his setup
1: Oh yeah, Sakurai is great, dude. Like he's—he's he's so kind of—he has such a funny sense of humor. Where you know, like when somebody's funny, but it looks like they're not even trying to be funny, but but they are <laughs> funny. <laughs> That's like Sakurai in a nutshell. And I watched that. I didn't watch the whole video, but at least I watched the beginning of it with a character announcement and and him showing his own. And it's so funny that he starts. He's like, is is there to present this new. Uh, um, you know, it's a Mesh brothers fighter, but then he's talking about working from home. And then it's like, you know what? You guys probably want to see my, my home. Right. And then like the camera turns and shows his like, uh, home theater setup basically where he has two Two huge tvs and a shit ton of gaming consoles which by the way it kind of blows my mind louis that they showed multiple like microsoft sony and sega consoles in that (laughs) little snippet in an official nintendo presentation yeah you know has this ever happened before have we ever seen like a non-nintendo console in an official nintendo presentation because you could see like he had a PS4. Actually, he had a PS4, a PS4 Pro, a PS3, a PS3 Slim. He um, had a... A
0: TurboGrafx-16
1: or whatever an they Xbox it One, I think. Yeah. He had a bunch of stuff. And I mean, yes. granted, like, to be fair, my setup is not that different. It doesn't look as as good. Uh, but I also have a <laughs> bunch of consoles. If I have a PS3, I have two PS4s as well. I, you know, have a Wii U and a Switch and um, an X3, an Xbox 360 now. And I do have a bunch of stuff in my... Uh, in my living room as well a bunch of the classic consoles etc but his just looked like super sleek and i had he had two tvs next to each other which i thought was great as well and i i don't know it was just really funny that he did that it's really cool too that nintendo let him do that and then they were okay with a ps4 showing up on their you know nintendo stream
0: yeah Uh, um and i think though the closest thing that i can think of when you ask that question is just last year whenever they did the um the banjo presentation i might what am i it mm. might have been this year i don't know time is relative right there right now um but um uh, when bet when when banjo came out um micro uh sakurai plugged the xbox one he say you can You're play right. banjo on xbox one and then he laughed because that's the only official way to currently play a banjo game so they had to no. officially promote the competition yeah, uh the competition's part remember that um, but yeah, uh, I just kind of think that was actually kind of funny that the um, the his setup, especially okay. First off, <clears throat> his uh, his home console setup, clean as fuck. Like no mm-hmm. wires were visible. Yeah. So I think that's uh, an interesting little gimmick because that's a really hard thing to pull off. Cable management is a bitch, especially with that. Uh, I know. <laughs> um, so there's no, that. That's number one, and number two, his uh, his shelving and how each like console gets its own like dedicated shelf. Um, is it's exactly almost one-to-one like the same shelving in the melee trophy uh room so when you can go to melee's menu and you go to like the trophies you can see all your trophies together in a room that little virtual room the backdrop is the same exact uh shelving where each individual consoles like were in their own little squares so i think that's really uh it's really interesting maybe he likes that certain aesthetic and so that's how he designed his little playroom in melee and so it kind of still carries on to this day um sure I know we kind of get, went off topic. I think we we're, we're bearing the lead here, but uh, no, no, that's, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Um, we do need
1: to go back to the story, though.
0: So Maybe. Min Min, the the trailer was 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 really good because it opened with like Captain Falcon and Kirby eating noodles, and I knew it was Min Min right then. Whenever they were eating noodles, I was like, oh Min Min, because she has like the Nintendo noodle shop that she works in. So uh, of course I played Arms, so I know all the characters, and I'm glad that <laughs> that um, it even in the trailer it almost appeared that Twin Tell, who was my second. I don't know. I kind of flip flop on both like I you could have asked me on different days and I would have said I wanted Twintel. Other days I would have said I wanted Min Min. So I wanted them both equally. Um but either way the I think I, I think and there's also a little mini controversy that men that you know Min Min isn't like person of color enough. Um so there's I can I just poo poo that I that notion. Um but uh, and going back to the actual thing, I'm very happy with how the trailer played out. It was very well done. Um, also, I'm very happy with her moveset and how unique she is and the range. And um, I actually made a meme about it too. I, if you guys follow me on Twitter at Chocolaka88, I did one of those Drake <laughs> memes, and it was really—I thought I was very happy with myself. And I hope that <laughs> I was—I was kind of expecting it to go a little viral, but it didn't quite go that way. But I guess I posted it at a very awkward moment or time. It was really late at night. I don't know how Twitter works, so I don't know how to oh, optimize for that. I know what
1: that. that feels like you know like every once in a while i'm sitting down or i'm in bed and i'm like i think of the greatest joke ever and i'm like let me enjoy my humble time of being unknown because i'm about to become a fucking twitter celebrity <laughs> and and i'll write the joke and i'll i'll show like my fiance who's like next to me and she'll laugh at it and that's validation and then i'll tweet it and i'll get over the next week i'll get two likes and they'll be my fiance and my dad, who doesn't speak English, but follows me on Twitter for some reason. <laughs> my nice. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. i would facetious here, but I know what that feels like, Louis. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I was hoping that it would, like, you know, like, catch on. I don't know. I, I think it's, like, I've never made a meme before, so I was expecting just memes to spread. So um, there was that. So anyways, uh, all that notwithstanding uh, just finishing out the news here. So along with the announcements of the latest fighter, Sakurai has announced two new Amiibo that will be out this fall, and that was the Joker from Persona 5 and hero aka the luminary from Dragon Quest 11. A um, couple of side notes on that. Uh, the Luminary is the Dragon Quest XI model, so they don't appear to be making alts for the other three uh, heroes. And uh, also, uh, these are the first two of the DLC Amiibos because up until now, the actual original roster has been completed. And lastly, there was a confirmation that Nintendo was working with Beth- uh, with Bethesda uh, because Vault Boy, the mascot from the Fallout franchise, has been added as a Me Fighter costume and will be available for purchase for 75 cents. So I have a link to the full presentation in the article. So that's this that's the story. Cool. Uh, I guess there's not much to say other than I'm excited. I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna have first impressions for you guys next week about Min Min. Of
1: course, we, we just spent so much time talking about a Sakurai setup instead. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, deservedly so that that I kind of feel like maybe we can we you can uh, bring up Min Min again for the first impressions next week, like you said. I uh, I don't have much to say other because I, I I didn't even play Arms or anything. I don't know the character. I think the character looks cool. The move looks cool. Um, I was kind of hoping that because they didn't announce it earlier, uh, that it was gonna be something. Different meaning, like some character variations, or like the the Koopalings, Bowser Bowser Junior situation, where there's like multiple characters within one, or something along those lines. I thought they were gonna do something weird with it, um, but they didn't. But what they what is weird is actually her move set is fairly unique and different than anything else that's in Smash Brothers. So
0: yes, um, yeah. uh, um before we move on, I just saw. I just want to say that I saw a fucked up joke somewhere. I don't know if it was on Twitter or somewhere else, um, and I just want to just <laughs> say it here because. Uh, number one, like these character choices are locked a long time ago. These things take a long time to develop. So there's that. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't foresee the current circumstances that we're living in. But I just, uh, somebody made a joke that they were saying, imagine in this current day of hashtag Black Lives Matter that the new arms rep is going to be uh, Bark and Bite.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad they didn't do that.
0: Yeah, I think that would be hilarious. I would have just laughed my ass off, but also it's kind of like, it kind of appears tone deaf. But yeah, yeah. it's uh, I, I don't think they were ever gonna be considered because I don't think those character that that character is popular enough among the Arms franchise uh, the fan Arms fan base, um, mm-hmm. and um, and also I just I think in the meta of that game he might have been considered low tier so there's that too, um, but anyways right. next. Cyberpunk 2077. So every new detail announced in the Night City Wire stream. So this comes from IGN, and this was written by Matt Kim. Cyberpunk 2077 got a brand new reveal today through the Night Wire, uh the Night City Wire, a digital digital live stream event, diving deeper into CD uh, CD Projekt Red's upcoming RPG. There was a new trailer, a new gameplay dive, and a and a look at the Cyberpunk uh, Brain Dance feature. Cyberpunk 2077 will be released on November 19th for PS4, Xbox One, PC, and an enhanced version will be released later for the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. And so we have uh, Braindance is a recording of somebody else's experience and lets you live through their memories. Their sights, smells, sounds, and everything will be experienced by you through Braindance. In an extended gameplay preview, the V was shown living through the memory of somebody else's robbery on a grocery store. In an analysis mode, V was able to explore the same scene, but this time as an observer, uh, they could move the camera around and analyze the memory from a new perspective. It's almost like a detective mode, aka the Batman Arkham series. Uh, Braindance was used to, in UC Santa Cruz, um, as a therapy method, it was later. Are used for more carnal thrills. Uh, I know what that means. Uh, there are negative side effects, like flatlining when someone can die while brain dancing. CD Projekt Red says that brain says brain dance will be an important storytelling device to explore the world's history, philosophy, and different factions. Um, let's see, the player will be working with a character named Jackie on a hunt for a legendary chip of immortality the Jackie introduces the uh, the player to a fixture that will introduce them to the new chips and enhancements the Mox is one of the gangs uh, the player will encounter into, in Cyberpunk 2077 and to craft a unique relationship with them, outside of the city is a district called the Badlands it's an open desert-like space filled with unique encounters called Moments uh, the Atom Smasher is a big modified enforcer introduced in the cyberpunk tabletop rpg and now is in the game Uh, ripper docs are different broadcasts i'm sorry ripper docs are different backstreet doctors in night city that will enhance your character with new uh body mods and also uh cyberpunk um during the during the live stream cd project Red announced that there was going to be a cyberpunk anime and it's produced by studio trigger for netflix and it's coming in 2022 so that's a lot um Basically, my biggest thing that I, was the brain dance. That's the part that intrigued me. The brain dance thing was just reminding me of Arkham and the detective mode and just going back and forth. I've done those kind of VR things where you can rewind and just play play, uh, Batman in VR and you're like, let me enhance or let me uh, uh, play that back or let me look at it from a different perspective. And um, that's, that's the kind of gameplay that although it kind of seems kind of basic when you explain it, but it just looks, it just, it's just very engaging to me and it kind of speaks to me. I said earlier before in a previous podcast that I wasn't really hype for this game but this kind of sold me more and i'm kind of like looking forward to this game now more so than i was before so it sold me
1: yeah i still have to watch this i have not really seen much of it i think i saw one of the trailers that came out of this but i actually want to see the full presentation and pay attention to it and get immersed and kind of figure out everything that they're doing with this game uh with the last i this was part one of the my most anticipated games of the year uh with the last of us i was kind of trying to stay away from everything and 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 be the most blind i could be when i started the game uh because i really cared about the story and i didn't want to get any sorts of spoilers about where the story was going and i'm glad i did that and with cyberpunk on the other hand i feel like that's the kind of game that's it it, i'm sure it's going to have a cool story but i feel like it's a little bit less about the story and it's more about the systems uh, and more about the gameplay and how you play it. Uh, so I am very excited to kind of dive deep and, and, and start building my hype level for this game as well. Cause when you think about it, they, they really, we seen this game, we saw this game for the first time a while ago, but we really have had not seen that much from the game yet yeah this is like um, i think this and, is like the real first
0: true deep dive i would say yeah
1: this is like the first full blowout they had behind closed door stuff at e3 before they did a there was a demo at one of the e3s that i went to uh where we would stand in line to get into a little theater and they would show us uh some of the gameplay and everything but um that there was still not a lot that was out there so they're finally going to do a deep dive into the systems so i'm very excited for it i'm excited to see more about what's there but i really do need to uh, look more into it to have more uh, just say and there will be more of those too, which is interesting. Um this is not the only uh, they're gonna be doing multiple uh, Night City Warriors, is that what it's called? Yes, more broadcasts. Um, I think they're uh, yeah, so they're
0: trying to do I think once a month, but I'm not I think I'd be making that up so
1: Yeah, and, and also the studio trigger uh studio that, that's making the the anime, that's the same studio that made Kill a Kill which people that follow anime probably watched that one a few years ago. It was pretty big, um, as well as some of the other ones here that I didn't necessarily know. Little Witch Academia, Darling in the Franks, SSSS, Gridman, BNA Brand New Animal, and a few other things. So um seems like a you know a respected, a somewhat respected, interesting studio that has made some good stuff. So excited to see that, too, and how it will, it will all tie together.
0: Okay, before we move on from this story, uh, just uh, not on the dock, of course. Uh, so I just wanted to say that, these guests, uh, CD project Red is in a, is on a full marketing blitz with this game today because um, alongside the drop of this of this presentation, they also gave a lot of hands-on. Uh, impression uh, time Mm -hmm. with uh, a lot of uh, media like your igns and your game spots and stuff so everyone did a lot of write-ups on their their time with the game i think most of them played it for like three hours and everyone was just raving and giving positive feedback and uh, positive previews uh, for this game and it's just all cascading all at the same time so this marketing blitz is going hella hard but i'm also very um i'm very enthused by everyone's positive uh, word of mouth that they're giving for this game.
1: I think they also announced that uh, the game will be available in enhanced form on PS5 and Series X with uh, cross-buy, smart delivery on uh, Series X, which is what their branding is, and and the equivalent in PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5. They just don't have a name for that there, I think. They just said Um,
0: that it's going to be a free upgrade program if you bought it on PS4. So, so that's cool. Yes, that's very good. All right. Next is going to be Marvel's Avengers War Table Roundup. So I wrote the story here on Level uh, LV1 Gaming, Level 1 Gaming. So here we go. Here's my little wrap-up on it. Crystal Dynamics did a live stream called Marvel's Avengers War Table. The live stream provided a deep dive into the upcoming game story and gameplay. Here's what we learned. The villain... The developers touted that they wanted an Avengers-level villain, so they decided to go with AIM, um, Advanced Idea Mechanics. At the head of AIM is George Tarleton, a.k.a. MODOK, mechanized organism designed only for killing. Other villains were seen in the footage included Taskmaster um, Taskmaster and the Abomination, as well as cannon fodder in the form of hundreds of robots built by AIM. The story... The story kicks off with a a tragic event called A-Day where a massive massive tragedy strikes in San Francisco and the Avengers were held responsible for the event. In addition, Captain America dies trying to avert the crisis. Uh, Time passes by and the story follows Kamala Khan, K- uh, kamala khan's aka miss marvel's journey to reunite the avengers after the story trailer ends with the developers show gameplay for the story mission uh called once an avenger the story mission dubbed hero mission has you playing a store as he returns to the avengers after fighting aim while dressed as his alter ego donald blake hero missions is crystal dynamics name for the story-based single-player missions and will move the story based on the uh and will move the story-based campaign forward. This particular hero's uh, mission showcase uh, showcases Thor's uh, melee and ranged abilities. Additionally, we get a look into his—we uh, get a look at his ultimate, in which he summons the Bifrost to break through enemy shields. Multiplayer—the uh, war zones are repeatable cooperative missions that take place in wide-open spaces and dense interiors. This is where players will take their customizable Avengers out for a spin. Each hero is in the Avengers has dozens of unlockable cosmetic outfits, some of which can be earned by completing missions and objectives, and some of which can only be made available through an in-game marketplace. Those outfits draw inspiration from classic comic books and Marvel Cinematic Universe designs. Unlockable powers and gear also draw from the various Marvel universes. Black Widow has her widow's bite, while Thor can charge up his teammates with lightning-based powers. As players embark on co-op missions, they will they'll work with a variety of fra- uh, factions. Uh, these include an inhuman resistance groups and former shield members such as Nick Fury and Dum-Dum Dugan. Players will also uh, rebuild their own helicarrier and team up with other players for special one-on-one, sorry, for special two-on-one finishing moves. Uh, Marvel's Avengers will be released on September 4th for Google Google Stadia, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Windows PC. Square Enix confirmed earlier this week that the superhero game will be playable on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, and those that purchase a PS4 or Xbox One version of the game will get a free next-gen upgrade for the game. And the link for the full presentation is in the article. So, yeah, that's one of my most difficult write-ups that I had to do. Uh, that was
1: uh, that was very good, actually. <laughs> it was, uh, included everything that you needed to include, and uh, it was it was tight. And sometimes, you know, I, I'm always looking for those types of articles for when these uh, presentations happen for us to bring them into the show. Um, and, and they're not always easy to find in, in a good level of quality as far as, like, including everything and also not going – too long on 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 certain things that happen. So, oh, I'm more curious though, Louis. Like, what do you think of the game? What's your excitement level of the game now that you've seen it? Oh man,
0: I'm very hyped for it. Um, I mm-hmm. I like that they showed Thor's uh, gameplay because it's it's 100% Kratos from God of War 2018. Uh, so I am uh, I'm now more intrigued now. They they actually showed more than just like the a day, which is what they've only had to show at the time. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm intrigued by the story and. I am very optimistic that they're not gonna it's not gonna be so bad on my wallets because I can just see that they're gonna I can just see a situation where they're gonna do expansions where like it's like, all right, now now Doctor Strange and Spider-Man are joining the roster and you can buy them for nineteen ninety nine or something like that. I'm a, I'm a little right. hesitant on that, but I'm optimistic in the sense of, you know, at least they might be able to offer something of substance. This could be one of those mm-hmm. single player games where that it can be like they can games as a service this game, but in a very Uh, in a very good way like more hero missions you know are going to drop or they can expand the story and maybe it'll play out something it kind of reminds me of like i guess this i guess i'm going in so many different directions but this game kind of reminds me of like marvel's ultimate alliance from like the ps2 era and so it's Mm -hmm. it's ticking a lot of boxes for me and i think they're they're doing a very. They're being very versatile with their design because they're they're not slacking on the single player. The single player, uh, the story looks yeah. like it's a very good original story, and also the multiplayer is going to be uh, a very also subst- uh, uh, substantial addition to the game and can keep the game alive for much longer. So it's not going to be one of those one and done kind of situation where you 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 buy the game, you beat the game, and you put it on your shelf. So I'm yeah. optimistic um, at this point.
1: There, there. I think there's a lot of good things um that came out of this this presentation that are interesting and that i'm i'm happy with the the way that they're doing them um one i'm not concerned that this game will be a cash grab in terms of dlc and microtransactions and things along those lines because crystal dynamics does not have a history of doing that Uh, crystal dynamics games are typically very complete and polished and you always get you know new missions new in, in the case of tomb raider new tombs and things along those lines but i feel like i don't think they ever really got that much flack for that um, and I think they, they know how to do that well, and I think they're going to continue doing that well. Um, this game got a lot of criticism in the past um, based on its character models. I I know you've, you, you've especially brought that up in the podcast before. I never thought that criticism was super fair because they clearly can't use the actual actors. So they just had to come up with their own designs from the comics. But then there's a lot of overlap there where like a lot of the actors were picked because they were kind of similar to the comics. So it's hard to make these... I feel like you can't – it's really hard to win in that kind of situation. Like, so you just got to make really their h-
0: stunt doubles and stuff.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, my point is like it's really hard to make them look good and unique and not have people – people will inevitably compare with to the movies. But then I think they made some interesting choices with this game to differentiate themselves from the movies and kind of set themselves up as its own, their own thing, which number one, Miss Marvel – um, seems to have a very big role in the story. Uh, based on this presentation, I almost came across like she might be the kind of the main character there or, or the one that brings it all together. And she's not in the movies at all. Uh, so that's something that I think is going cool interesting and is going to set this game apart. Uh, number two is Modok, the villain. So I wasn't familiar with this character until a while ago. And this, um, this is a villain that we've never seen in the Avengers movies. And that's even something that they brought up when they were talking about it. Like we wanted to give uh, people that are familiar with the MCU, something new, something that they haven't seen before. And I think it's really cool that they're doing that. So I think there's so many, you know, there's so much lore out there in the in the world of Marvel comics and other comics as well Uh, that we can explore, that we don't need to keep rehashing the same, you know, stories and, you know, the same characters and the same villains. Obviously, we are seeing a lot. There is a lot of overlap, but I'm glad that especially on this presentation, I think they focused on what kind of set, this game apart from those stories yes
0: whole wholeheartedly <laughs> agree um, another
1: point really quick you can play the whole game by yourself including the multiplayer missions because they talked about how you can have AI, AI, AI helper your yeah. companions yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, I forgot about that I should have I think I should have included that in the article um, yeah that's fine uh, the other thing I just wanted to say is that I only I only thing I wanted to add to it is I only knew about who Modok was because of the um, Marvel vs Capcom series I want to say he was in three in Marvel vs. Capcom three, but I could be wrong on that one. I'm just I'm drawing a blank here. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, let's go ahead and move on. And this is a very controversial one because the dislike <laughs> the dislikes on this on this YouTube video were just ridiculous. So this comes from level um, level one gaming. I did not write the article. Uh, so, but I like the uh, summary here. So. Uh, Pokémon uh, Unite, a MOBA, is revealed. Uh, during today's, uh, not that time, the Pokémon presents live stream. A brand new game, Pokémon Unite, was revealed in partnership with Tencent and developed by Timmy Studios. Pokémon Unite is a 5v5 MOBA. Players will be able to choose from some of their favorite pocket monsters, level and evolve them to reign supreme in battle in the battle arena. At first glance, this free-to-start title offers a, the standard MOBA offerings. A battle arena split in half, each side uh, offering control points to overcome or defend to accumulate points. So, what makes this game unique? The ability to level up and evolve your poke- your favorite pocket monsters throughout the course uh, throughout the course of the match is the unique thing player uh, player battle players battle and catch other Pokemon gain experience and level up their more powerful evolutions. Additionally in the process the players can select attacks uh, can select attack moves that can be tailored to specific play styles. One notable difference from other Pokemon experiences uh, strengths and weaknesses to specific typing will be absent from this so the Poke roster. While the final roster has not been confirmed, the trailer shows Pokemon from several generations present. A brief brief look of the roster was shown during the live stream. Players will have access to the following. Venusaur, Charizard, Blastoise, Pikachu, Clefable, Machamp, Gengar, Snorlax, Lucario, and Talonflame. So, all but the last two were Gen 1 Pokemon, by the way. Um... Pokémon Unite will be made available on the Nintendo Switch and mobile devices. While a release date was not confirmed, this title was will have crossplay functional. Uh, I'm sorry, cross crossplay functionality a feature that's widely welcome to keep a healthy player base the presentation also showed a full match being played and the link to the live stream is in the article while it may not have been the announcement that many were hoping for it's certainly exciting to see the pokemon company branching off into a new genre of
1: games thoughts dude the Pokemon company is going crazy, by the way, with these things. They, they're like, let's let's do everything can be Pokemon. Like, brush your teeth, Pokemon. Sleep, Pokemon. Go out, Pokemon. Like, League of Legends, Pokemon, which is what this is. Yes. Um, they're firing on all cylinders, doing all sorts of stuff. Um, I think, I don't really know how I feel about this because you know, as somebody that has played quite a bit of League of Legends, I guess I should have a opinion on this, my <laughs> more strongly opinion. But this is clearly not going to be like league of legends level of depth i'm guessing that this is going to be a very like baby's family first friendly kid friendly baby's first, yeah, like baby's first moba that's a good way to put it and is that a good thing i guess it is like maybe uh for people to like maybe get used familiarized with the genre and then uh want to jump in into maybe they as they grow up or as they get better at it they, they may want to jump into something that's a little bit more deep um as somebody like when i was really into league of legends a few years ago i would have thought this was super cool like i i used to say when i play league of legends all the time and it was the game i played the most in my life um i used to say oh man wouldn't it be cool if there was like league of legends this or league of legends that like oh what if they made a moba or it's like all the champions are like marvel characters or dc characters um or why did they make a MOBA where it was like this way instead? And Maybe at some point I even thought of this. So like, why did they make a MOBA where all the characters were Pokemon? Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, that would be super cool. But now that we're actually getting it, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know if we need this. Like, I'm looking at the video and it's like, okay, this is pretty much um, like League of Le- It looks a lot like League of Legends. But, you know, it clearly will be simpler and it will be on the Switch and on mobile devices with crossplay. I think like, think
0: it's a miss. It's- I think it's a miss that they didn't put on PC. I think they should have.
1: Yeah, I know. This is the kind of thing. This is the kind of game that people really like playing on PC. But then there's also there's people that play everything on mobile, dude. Like there's people where mobile is their primary method of gaming, and they'll play any kind of game there, and they don't care. It's what they have. It's what they know. Um. So, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I do feel like this would maybe live on on PC better. I can't even like even just the idea of like controlling the characters and what it feels. It probably feels like on a, a touchscreen on Switch yeah. or, or either on Switch or on uh screen it feels weird just because i'm so used to these games being pc games and uh they're really yeah, yeah. built with that mouse like you like click to move like old like diablo like uh style in mind you know what i mean interesting um yeah so i don't know we'll, we'll see we'll see we'll see how it turns out
0: i don't really have much of an opinion on this game i think uh I think this game is not going to bother me in the in the slightest. I'm very lukewarm on this reception. Like, it just kind of seems like a situation where like people were hyped for this second announcement. It's like we got one more big announcement, and it's going to have to wait till next week. And so people were like were like speculating for a whole week, and then on top of that, people were upset that I had to wake up early for this kind of thing. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> I think this game. Uh, I wanted this announcement to be like either, um, either the Gen Four remakes or mm. Let's Go Johto.
1: So i will tell i'll tell you this really quick the people that got up early to watch the presentation the people that were theorizing for a week to to like see what the new announcement was this game is not for them this game is not for them at all like they're not even like the target audience it's not even that they're missing the target audience these people are just not the target audience yeah like this Your game generic was made, pokemon
0: fan is not going to be this interested in this
1: yeah it's that's not who it was made for it's like this is for people that are like Maybe they're into MOBAs and they have a Switch and they want to play mobile on their Switch or their mobile devices or, you know, kids and casual gamers. Like that's more of the general, I think, audience that this is going for. I don't think this is for the hardcore Pokemon fan.
0: So my question to you is, did they handle it well? Should it have been part of last week's presentation with Pokemon Snap 2 or new Pokemon Snap, excuse me, or should they have really, uh, you know, split it like the way they did?
1: No, I lean on the side that, like, just put everything together most of the time. Like, I... It's kind of bothering me that we're getting all these like you know like everything is spread out now. We're gonna have multiple like cyberpunk events and, <laughs> and we had like multiple Xbox events and m- multiple Pokemon events of all things. Like I wish they would have just put it all together.
0: Hmm. I'm summer of gaming man. It's gotta it's gotta last all yeah. all summer. <laughs> all right, that's true. The Still last got, like, uh, three months to go. <laughs> yeah. The last major uh, thing here, and this is uh, a rumor. This, this goes in the rumor territory. Last story. Uh, yes, Batman Arkham developer Rocksteady is making a Suicide Squad game. Kill the Justice League... That's a that's a title. Uh, this is written by Eurogamer, and this is by Tom Phillips. A list of leaked domain names has set uh, internet tongues uh, wagging that Rocksteady, developer of Batman Arkham Asylum, is working on a game centered around DC's Suicide Squad. The domain names popped up yesterday on, on Reset Era, where fans noted they, they were registered by a company connected to Warner Brothers. Uh, Eurogamer understands this to be accurate. I heard that one particular phrase registered as a domain, Suicide, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice is a contender for the game's final title and a good summation of what you can expect Rocksteady's next big project to be about. Other domains registered includes Suicide Game.com and Gotham Gotham Knights refers to the unannounced Batman game currently in development at Batman Arkham Origin Studios, Warner Brothers, Montreal. Both projects are set to be teased at Warner Brothers' upcoming uh, DC Fandom event in August, Eurogamer understands. Expect to see a little of Gotham Knights, uh, which, while unannounced, has been continually hyped via various Court of Owls hints for more than a year. Uh, Expect to see very little of Rocksteady's Suicide Squad, which is further off from launch. Both projects are being developed uh, for next-gen consoles. So, interesting, they've reported on rumors as a fact. Which I guess maybe uh, I guess with domain names there there is some substance, but yeah, I am um, I, my my whole reaction to this is meh. Like I think I would be hyped to see a trailer, but right now I'm just not really hyped to hear a rumor or a you know, domain. It's
1: interesting. Yeah, it's interesting to see the you know the Marvel's Avengers stuff. One of the things that I keep thinking when I see the trailers is like this looks really cool. Would this have been better if it was focused in a hero or in a a sub universe off that's not the the Avengers just like Marvel Spider-man and now Iron Man VR that we're getting I sometimes wonder that because I think it must I mean it's just the fact it must be harder uh to create all these different playable characters and make them all feel balanced and and fun and unique and have them all have a story and missions and etc than it would be if you just focused on one hero so I guess but it, you know it seems they're doing a good job I am excited for Marvel's Avengers but that's kind of my first reaction when I think of this, too, which is, like, a game about the Suicide Squad. Like, so, and Marvel's, the Avengers are very iconic. I don't think the Suicide Squad is that iconic. Harley Quinn is iconic. Um, So, at this point, why not just make a Harley Quinn game, maybe, right? Like, a Harley Quinn game, I think, especially when you think about, like, Her participation on the Arkham Trilogy, like, that kind of, that kind of seems really cool, and it could even fit within the same universe and everything, I think they could do something with that, and, and Suicide Squad just feels like a little bit of a stretch, I don't know how much people actually care about the Suicide Squad enough, and... And something that I got, I was thinking as well is, uh, well, there's a new Suicide Squad movie that's in development. Um, I think that's coming out next year. Um, yes, it's called The Suicide Squad, and it's, I guess, it's like sort of a reboot, sort of a sequel, a reboot. Um, maybe, <laughs> yeah, may, may, maybe this is to be a uh, tie-in to to that movie. Not not a tie-in in the sense of like old like licensed tie-in games, but they might want to drop this with that movie when that drops next year
0: yeah like i said i'm just really not it's and when I, when I when it comes to rumors i like to say buy or sell you know i guess yeah. I, I guess i buy the rumor um uh, but yeah i'm really not like it's a very like like i'm bidding for like the lowest possible bid on this one uh, <laughs> i just like i yeah. just kind of like like i don't care i have to see something more of substance like maybe i would be a little hyped if i saw a logo maybe i don't know i just something there's nothing to there's nothing to latch onto, um, other than other than to say, well, no shit, Rocksteady's gonna be working on something. So mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say beyond that. So uh, let's go ahead and finish out with extra news. So I'm gonna read these headlines. So number one, Crash Bandicoot 4: It's About Time was announced for P- uh, PS4 and Xbox One, releasing on October 2nd, and developed by Toys for Bob. Number two. Oculus, whose parent company is Facebook, put out a blog post earlier today, uh, at the time of writing, uh, that it acquired uh, Ready at Dawn. Uh, This is the studio behind The Order 1886 for the PlayStation 4 and Lone Echo for the Oculus. And I wrote that article, by the way. Uh, Number three, (laughs) Ghost of Tsushima is now less than a month away from launch and to confirm that the game is finished and ready to ship, developer Sucker Punch has announced that the PS4 exclusive has gone gold. And number four, a short teaser for Halo Infinite has been shared on the game's official Twitter account. This teaser features an ominous warning from a member of The Banished, a Splinter group from the series' main antagonist, The Covenant. Number five. Animal Crossing New Horizons summer update wave one arrives on July 3rd, adding ocean swimming, new characters, new items to find and donate, uh, new DIY recipes and more. Number six, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2, the sequel to 2018's Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, Kickstarter's 8-bit spin-off bonus game, will be coming soon to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. And lastly, number seven, this just in, Dr. Baby uh, Wario is being added to Dr. Mario World, not that anyone cares. (laughs) <laughs> i'm sure some people care <laughs> i think that game hella flopped is my understanding on that game
1: i think so too i think we even covered it at some point that it was like the worst performing <laughs> Nintendo mobile game we did cover that true. yes i think that's true yeah. yes i believe we did um, cover that yeah on these extra news very excited about crash 4 you know i like those games on the ps1 i do have the trilogy remastered but i haven't played it that much i played it a little bit i mean the, those games like they don't hold up as much, you know, they were very fun back in the in the era of uh, you know, 3D platformers. Um, but it's still, you know, I I think the the new trailer looks really cool. I recommend people check it out. Um, it looks very pretty for sure. Uh, and it seems fun, so I'm excited for that. And I don't know, what do you think Ready at Dawn is going to be doing on, on their Facebook? Just more Oculus games moving forward probably. So,
0: um, as I I wrote in the article that they were already in development for like uh, Lone Echo 2, like they were already um like hard at work at that and it's an Oculus exclusive like VR game and so I guess they did such a good job or like they was well received to the point where Facebook is like you know what we should just buy them and have them like develop exclusively exclusively for us which I'm guess I'm, I'm sure they are yeah. 100% a, ta- a talented studio I think the order Orch- the order 1886 was heavily praised for its graphics which is all yeah. it was praised for <laughs> shade I'm, I know I'm throwing a so, shade. so
1: was rice on of Rome right it was, was kind of like the equivalent on that yes exactly Sony site yeah exactly Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what about this Halo teaser? I didn't even... See this until I was intentionally looking for news for for the podcast. Uh, so I thought it. I thought there's something to be said about that. That there was a Halo Infinite tease, and it didn't really. It didn't really seem to set the world on fire, as far <laughs> as I could tell. I like think, it didn't come across my Twitter page at all or anything. Yeah, I
0: got. I came across my 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 YouTube feed, and I actually you know it it, it said on the title is like Halo teaser, Halo Infinite teaser, and I'm like, oh, it's gonna we're gonna get like a, some maybe like some quick flashes, some quick images, but then they just put up a wave file and have like a little like line that's like moving to the voice and stuff and i'm like that's not very interesting mm-hmm. or very engaging and i am i was i was very hard uh just because i was like i was playing it through my phone speaker and like it was very hard for me to discern what they were saying and i'm not like big on halo's lore or story so i don't know what that means to me this means nothing to me so it didn't really like jive uh, for me or get me more interested or whatever i think the original I think- halo infinite teaser got me more excited than this
1: I think Halo Infinite is at the point where people are tired of being teased (laughs) and they just need to be given the real thing. Yeah, Like, I mean it. Like, we've been... Like, Microsoft has been teasing this game in quotes in so many different ways over the last two or three years. That is true. They just got to... They just got to come out and show it. And I think we're going to get that, you know, either next week or the week after that.
0: Yeah. I remember like the first uh, Halo Infinite, was it at a game, like at one of the game awards and stuff. And it was just very long. Like, I'm pretty sure that when they announced the game, it was barely in pre-production because they only had like a little quick cinematic of a helmet. You know, that's about it.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: All right. All right. Cool. So uh, I know we, this show kind of went on a little longer than I was expecting. So uh, go ahead and take us home.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, This part is going to be fast, so we're probably going to be good still. But let's start with uh, what's new coming out. What are you buying? So uh, we had this week Pokémon Café Mix coming out on the Switch, iOS, and Android. Uh, This was already released by the time you're listening to this show. The blurb here says, link together Pokémon icons to clear puzzles as you work to build up your very own Café in Pokémon Café Mix. A free-to-start game. For the Nintendo Switch system, meet the goals for each puzzle before you run out of turns. Link a certain number of icons, get a high score, or even destroy sugar cubes to serve up Pokemon-themed menu items. Uh, so, this seems kind of neat. If uh, if you're interested, go check it out. I also find it interesting that Nintendo is always using the free-to-start terminology as opposed to free-to-play because of the negative connotation of free to, that free-to-play has gotten with time. Yeah. Um, I, I just wanted. See, what I just else? wanted
0: to say, just really quickly, on the Pokemon Cafe Mix, I saw the trailer. I think the the, the Pokemon looks very hella adorable because they're like they're like custom like Squirtles and custom Charmanders. They got like little hats and like little clothes and stuff. And it's just like it's like when you dress up your dog in like one of those like shirts and stuff. <laughs> it just kind of like it just really like I don't know. It just it hits that little like childish like tingly sensations and stuff for me. Cool.
1: It's cute. All right, uh, on the day that you're listening to this, so June 26th, Fairy Tale is coming out on PS4, Switch, and PC. Seven Doors is coming out on PC. Tower of Time is coming out on Xbox One. Yes, Your Grace is coming out on Xbox One and Switch. Next week, on June 29th, uh, the Min Min update hits Smash Ultimate. Louis already talked about that. On June 30th, we got Hunting Simulator 2 coming out on PS4 and Xbox One. The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 3 is coming out on the Switch. On July 1st, we got Sino Alice on iOS and Android, Trackmania on PC, and on July 2nd, we got Infliction Extended Cut coming out on the Switch. Another thing that I wanted to bring up is that there's a new update to Minecraft. I'm going to read this uh, excerpt from this article from Polygon. It's written by Cass Marshall. Uh, this week's Minecraft update revis- revisits the Neither, the spooky realm filled with lava, pig enemies, and terrifying fortresses. The Neither is now much more fleshed out and includes a new resource, Neitherite, that's even stronger than Diamond. Here are the biggest changes in today's Neither update and how they changed the standard Minecraft experience. Well, we can go look at that if you're uh, interested, but just the headlines here are Netherite, New Biomes and Environments, Bays Out Deltas, Bastion Remnants, Crimson Forests, South Sand Valley, Warped Forests, new enemies and creatures, etc. Wanted to bring this up just because Minecraft is one of those games that's just always selling and always on the top 10 lists and etc. And I'm sure there's people out there that are still playing it that will be interested in this new update.
0: Probably the best example of games as a service.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and now let's go into... Got a selection of good
0: things on sale, stranger.
1: Or Broke Gamers Guide. To start with the Epic Store's free games for the week... A-E-R, Memories of Old, and Stranger Things 3, the game, will be available until July 2nd. And I'll let Lewis read the, the ones that will be coming next week on next week. Uh, Stranger Things 3, the game, is the official companion game to Season 3 of the hit original series. Play through familiar events from the series while also uncovering never-before-seen quests, character interactions, and secrets. I remember when this game got announced, and probably around the time that it came out, I thought it looked pretty cool. Um, It's very uh, old school, uh, which makes sense because the show is kind of old school as well. And for AER, Memories of Old, transform into a bird and fly to explore and experience the vibrant world of floating islands in the sky. Venture down into lost ancient ruins where each step leads you closer to the end of the world. This seems kind of like a journey-like walking simulator whimsical type game we also got steam sale going on the steam summer sale has started and we got a lot of cool deals going on in there uh, there's an interesting thing going on where if you spend over ten dollars in the sale you get a free steam game with your purchase right now the free game is override max city brawl um, this is an article for today time of recording so this might have cha- might change in the future um, the sale notably includes persona for golden as well which just launched the steam release means the beloved jrpg is now available to a much wider audience And you can currently grab it for a few bucks off at Fanatical. The base game is available for $17. I was just talking about the Steam sale and then I got into the Fanatical comment. Um, But but you can check it out there as well. Uh, Some other games that are on sale on Steam include A Plague Tale Innocence, which is currently $15.29. Jackbox Jackbox Party Pack 6. We were just recently talking about the, not this specific game, but the series um, last week. That one is for $21 on Steam right now. Uh, We got Titanfall 2 for less than $10, uh, Disco Elysium 30, Dome Eternal 30, Jedi Fallen Order 30, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot 36, GTA 5 for 15 bucks. So lots of good deals there. On the Nintendo side, side, we got a free memory card with purchase of select Nintendo Switch digital games. So you can get a free 128 gig memory card when you purchase two select Nintendo Switch digital games. I don't remember if we covered we this last cover week it. already. We or covered not? it, I believe, two okay. weeks
0: ago. I think, though, what I wanted you to hit on was that the, the, towards the bottom, there's a Capcom uh, sale as well as a Jackbox uh, sale, which I think you get on Steam, anyways
1: cool yeah th- those are uh, different titles though so Jackbox party pack 3 i think this is the one that i've played before actually uh just sixteen twenty-four on the switch and the party pack 5 is 70.99 uh and on the capcom side let's see here we got resident evil revelations for 7.99 okami hd for 10 bucks mega man 11 for 15 monster hunter generation ultimate for 20 bucks so lots of good capcom games on sale there as well
0: i didn't even know monster hunter was was ported to the switch i thought i, thought, I feel like that would have been was. a bigger deal like i would have made a bigger splash that never hit my radar
1: uh, it's because there's just, there's too many of the Monster <laughs> Hunter games. And the truth is that the mainline Monster Hunter game that people, the Monster Hunter fans are the most excited about now um, is not on the Switch. It's on 4 Which is Monster Hunter World. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the one that, you know, has gotten some updates as, since the release and etc. These are basically the 3DS. And the Wii uh, U. I think this was the Wii U. Yeah, version. 3DS Wii U titles if, have been coming to the Switch, or at least this one has. Interesting. on the P- On the PSN um let's see here we got a lot of um, mid-year deals we got need for speed heat is uh 34.99 uh the witcher 3 has a 70 percent discount i can't see the price of it because i own the game which 15 bucks on the psn 15 15 bucks uh we got jackbox party pack is on sale here too so yeah the jackbox party pack seems to be on sale pretty much everywhere uh so you might want to go check that out catherine full body 30 bucks that's uh that's a Dan Lima game right there. I didn't even Red know Dead was, 2 Special I didn't Edition. even
0: know it was for 60 bucks. I thought that was a, like a $30 game already. Interesting. No,
1: it's I, I I probably got it for $30. It's often on sale, but it, it does retail for $60. Okay. AC Odyssey is $15, Red Dead Redemption 2 is $35.99, etc. And on the Xbox side, let's see, we got, got Xbox Game Pass Ultimate for $1, which they they often have that. Uh you can join EA Access for just 99 cents. They have a play with pride sale. Um, which includes a variety uh, of games here. Um, discover I- inclusive Xbox and PC games selected by the LGBTQI communities. Some of those uh, that they have here are Borderlands 3 Super Deluxe Edition for $50. Life is Strange Before the Storm for 25 Going Home, 15 bucks, Stardew Valley, um, $10.49. Fallout 4, 30 bucks, Mass Effect Andromeda is thirty five ninety nine, um, which you can... Yeah, ignore that one. You can get that game. You can get that game much cheaper in uh, other circumstances. Yes. Um. But anyway, they, they do have a uh, quite a bit of uh, interesting deals here, so so you might want to go check that out. Yeah,
0: it's June is Pride Month, so they're they're basically lining it up. The play with Pride Month makes sense because Gone Home. If you guys don't and spoilers for that one, but that one is that definitely on on that same <laughs> wavelength. Uh, the Sims Four, you can do whatever you want, so it makes sense. So a lot of these games kind of like make sense with the whole uh, uh, Pride Month uh, motif.
1: So yes. Yes. And I, I didn't mention this one earlier, but uh, Diablo 3 Eternal Collection is uh $15 on the PSN. That's the PSN deal of the week. Correct. So anything I didn't hit on that you would like to hit on, Lewis? No, no, that was pretty much everything actually. Alright. So I guess you can take it away and <laughs> end the show. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: Um it is time to end so thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Press Play remember you can reach the podcast at readypressplay at gmail.com or simply at readypressplay on twitter I'm on twitter at chakalaka88 and Dan
1: at the Dan Lima
0: so don't forget to subscribe give us a review and tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff so we're gonna uh, end it with the Ready Press Play theme by Joel Perez aka Waz deuces